good commanders family i'm brian cooper jr and this is the next man up podcast our next man up today is no other than jamin davis jamin talks about his game winning interception in his hometown he talks about growing up in a military background with two military parents and he tells us the wildest thing he ate in okinawa japan all that and much more starting right now What's good, Commanders family? My name is Brian Cooper Jr., and this is the Next Man Up podcast, where we sit with your favorite Commanders player and look into the guy behind the helmet, right? It's not so much X's and O's. It's more about the man behind the helmet, and we have a great man here today. We have our linebacker, former first-round pick out of Kentucky, Jamin Davis. Jamin, how you doing, brother? Man, I'm good. I'm glad to be here today. How hey, you doing? Man, I'm happy to have you here, man, because we got you fresh off <laughs> of a game-winning interception. Yeah. That's what we're going to call it, right? A game-winning yeah. interception, man. Take us through that moment and take us through that whole play uh honestly it was a surreal feeling to be honest with you <laughs> uh just just knowing they thought they had a little bit of a mixed match when he motioned out there to one uh i just i don't know i let instincts take over try to play whatever route i expected to come it was either going to be the double move go or the slant inside so uh just like i said i just tried to let instincts take over and try to get a, a good play for the team i guess it turned out good yeah and i heard the competitor in you right there just say like they thought they had a mismatch oh, yeah, how does it yeah, feel yeah. as a player being on those islands because you're on the island out there right like yeah, you absolutely. know they're maybe coming to you man what does that feel like is that like a sense of pride where you like oh y'all think y'all got me but y'all really don't definitely i mean that's that's one of them things where you got to bow up and show everybody who you are so yeah. i mean it's, in my eyes i'm always trying to step up and make whatever plays i can for this team so that's just really really boiled down to for me yeah man well we're going to talk a little more football later but like i said this is more about the man behind the helmet getting to know who you are and you know where you're from and what makes you you right. so first thing i'm gonna ask you peace state pride <laughs> we hear that in this building quite a lot quite a lot peace state pride what does that mean that was, I mean, just being proud for of, of where you're from. I mean, I'm, I'm a kid from South Georgia. Uh, that was something that me and Chris Rodriguez actually started back in uh, Kentucky. And then a bunch of other guys that was on the team that was from Georgia as well, they kind of took heave to it. And we just was like, hey, wherever we go, we're going to take that home state pride with us. You know what I mean? Yeah, where does that pride come from, though? Like, why are y'all so proud to be from where y'all from? Because it's just like you don't. Typically, you don't really see a whole lot of guys when we got to Kentucky that was coming from Georgia and places like that. So uh, we just, we I don't know, we just took it and ran with it. And I guess to this day, we still be going around saying every now and then, Peace State Pride. You yeah, know, man. Put on you, for your hometown. And you and you carry that for you. Put on for your hometown. But your hometown puts on for you, too. Absolutely. You got your jersey retired yeah, back at your yeah, old high school. Yeah. You got the key to the city by the mayor. They spoke about you, man. Yeah. Tell us about that and, like, what it means to have your hometown be behind you like that. Yeah, definitely. It, it was a blessing, man. Just getting a chance to go back home and see every. Everybody, once everything had took place and, uh, you know, just trying to give them a, a good role model or somebody to look up to because, you know, coming up, I didn't really have a whole lot of different examples of people that, you know, was in a positive light. So um, whether it was, you know, a football player, president of the United States, whatever it is you want to be, just trying to give them something to, to stand on to realize like, hey, if you put your mind to it, you can do it at the end of the day. So. You know, like I said, just once I got a chance to go back and have everything take place the way it did, it was a, a truly a blessing for me. Man, that's so cool and definitely a blessing. And, you know, you say you're from Georgia, but you right. weren't born in Georgia. Yeah, yeah. You were actually born in Honolulu, Hawaii, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And, be, and the reason you were born in Hawaii yeah, you did your homework. is, be, oh, man, you know what I'm saying? That's what we do here <laughs> the next Five. We want to yeah. get to know the person, you yeah. know what I'm saying? The reason you were born in Hawaii is because both of your parents served in the military. First things first, thank both of them for their service, man. Absolutely. That's a big deal. Absolutely. Both of my parents served as well. And we had Jeremy Reeves on a few um, episodes ago, and we talked about, like, the difference. Right. What's it like growing up as a military kid? Like, you know, they call us military brats yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, a lot of people know, you know, the, the service that our parents do, but don't right. really understand what that takes, the toll it takes on the household, yeah, right? Yeah. Talk about that a little bit and talk about what it was like growing up in a military family. Not just one military yeah, parent, but yeah, two. Yeah, I mean... 
the no-brainer is the deployments. That, yeah. that probably was the most stressful thing, like knowing that my dad had to go and, you know, serve overseas and stuff like that. Uh, and that it just required you to be a lot more disciplined as far as trying to step up and be the man of the yeah. house, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, for my mom, she was always one that had to step up as well to try to run everything the right way for us and just providing for me, my brother, and my sister. And uh, I just... I don't know, I just took heave to it and tried to be a, a really disciplined guy as I went throughout life. And, uh, you know, it was always just the, the the thought of in the back of your mind, like they always making the ultimate sacrifice at the end of the day for you. Mm, and you and you talk about deployments, and a lot of people might not, like I know what that is, but a lot of people might not know what really a deployment entails. You mind explaining to the people what a deployment is and what that meant when your father had to go get yeah. deployed or go on a TDY. Yeah, I mean, it was it's, it, it depended on what was going on specifically at that time. I mean, you, you got, of course, like things like 9-11 that takes place and you got to step out right and, and do whatever it takes to keep this country safe at yeah. the end of the day. And um, you just, it, it was always a stressful feeling sometimes because you never know what, what could end up happening. You don't really, you know, you're not really there to be around your dad or anything like that. So, like I said, it was real stressful and it was definitely some tear shit. I'm not even yeah. going to lie about that one at times, but at the end of the day, he, you know, he did what he needed to do, I guess. Yeah, yeah. And I, I remember the moments where, like, my mom, she'd leave. For a whole year, yeah. be out in some desert somewhere. And I'm a kid. I don't know what she's doing. Yeah, I don't really yeah, know what's yeah. going on, but I know my mom's not home. You mentioned your dad being gone sometimes. What did that do for you as a man? Like, now that you're a man right now, right, you can sit back and look on those moments and say, like you said, you had to grow up, right? You had right. to grow up pretty quickly. Really quick. How did that help form the man that you are today, those moments where, you know, one of your parents was not around for an extended period of time? Uh, it, it was one of those things for me where I just, whatever I wanted to do, I tried to always put my mind to it so I could be better than him. You know what I mean? So. Yeah. Uh, that, that's that's probably the reason why even on the field I try to be so preci- precise with certain things and I don't really like to make a lot of mistakes because I'm my own self-critic. And uh, just I think that's one of the main discipline things that I got from that is just knowing that he over there making whatever sacrifice so the least that I can do is try to be perfect in most of the things that I do in life. Mm, and growing up the way you did, like a lot of us – Going pro in sports, especially the way we move around and things like that, isn't really a reality, right? We don't know a lot of people that grew up military that made it pro, that made it to a high level in college. Because a lot of times you don't get all of those resources or opportunities. What is that pride like? You talk about your Peach State pride, but you also have pride of somebody that has made it through what a lot of people don't realize is a really tough battle growing up as a military kid. I mean, I I, I definitely take all of that into the hard work that was behind the scenes because, Yeah. yeah, it was definitely really hard just coming from a military background and not really having the same opportunities as most civilian kids. Yeah. And uh, it was just, you know, I had got a quote when I was younger and I kind of just stuck with it throughout life is, you can't have a million dollar dream with a minimum wage work ethic. And mm-hmm. I also said it to my high school before I left. And um, it was just something that I took heave to, to to just realize, like, if I wanted to even get this far and not just to get this far, like, I'm going to have to work at it. You know what I mean? So Yeah, for sure. And it's something that you've also taken pride in showing other kids mm-hmm. what they can do. Like, you just went to, I think this past summer, mm-hmm. you went to a military base. You held camp for only military kids. Right. Like, sounds a little crazy, but, like, for a military kid, like, I would have love to have yeah, an opportunity yeah. like that and, and we didn't really like there's exactly. not a lot of people that go out of their way to do that just for military kids how cool was that why was that so important yeah. talk about that a little bit yeah it was it was definitely pretty cool i got a chance to get out there and learn how to use chopsticks the right way <laughs> uh, expand my food horizon yeah. a little bit but yeah it was it was pretty cool uh just going over there and kind of giving them a chance to see like it doesn't matter that you come from a military background or anything like that like yeah you can still be you know the same person that you dreamed of, of growing up to be. So 
I just like went out there, of course, to try to show them like whether it's a, a military installation here in the States or even across the world. Like yeah. I'm going to just always try to step up and show them something different. And you say out there. We're talking about Okinawa and Japan, yeah, right? So yeah, I actually yeah. went to middle school. My sister went to high school out in Japan. Mm. So like that's pretty far. It's yeah, different, yeah, man. Yeah, you know, you, you were born in Hawaii but only stayed a year. Right, so right. you're not really used to being overseas yeah. like that. What surprised you out there being out in Okinawa? I think first and foremost was that flight, man. It, <laughs> it, caught, me, it caught me off guard. Just like 16 hours? Well, yeah, it was definitely a long <laughs> flight. But uh, I think the, the the thing that was most surprising just seeing how like diverse the food was out there. Mm -hmm. That was that, like that was one of the main things for me. Like just seeing raw sushi cooked, made right in front of you and stuff like that, and just seeing like how they was just so accustomed to eating. And I was just <laughs> it kind of threw me off with some of them. They was eating eel and stuff yep. like that. I was like, ah, I don't know, man. Did you partake in anything? Yeah, I, I had, what I what did you have that was like the best? Where you're like, yo, if I go back to Japan, we're running that uh, back. <laughs> They had something called skewers or something like that. I can't remember exactly what it was, but it was like it was basically something fried on a stick and I bit it and I put like a little bit of some type of sauce they gave me on it and it was just hooked. I was like, yeah, if I ever came back, I would definitely order that like two or three more times. So, <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. And we know what the kids get from that, right? Seeing the NFL player, seeing what their future could possibly be. What do you get from that? What do you get from giving back and having these youth camps? What does it do for you? Well, I mean, for me, I'm the kind of guy that I don't really try to do anything just for the cameras or anything like that. I just want to show them, like, it's really genuine coming yeah. from a guy that, you know, I understand what it feels like to have a military parent. And just, you know, just like I said before, trying to give back as much as possible every chance I get. Yeah, and before we get into the football, because I got a couple football questions, we'd like to get to know you, right? We'd like to get to know the things about you that maybe a lot of people wouldn't know. And I just found out right. you're a NASCAR fan. <laughs> now, I'll be honest, man, not a lot of brothers is into NASCAR. Yeah, 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 How did yeah. you get into that, man? Talk about that a little bit. Man, that's just, that's another thing coming from South Georgia. Yeah. Man, you, you get hooked <laughs> to certain things around cars, and, and I, I don't know, it just... Formula One, MotoGP, NASCAR, you name it with racing. I just I got into it, and uh, I just got accustomed to seeing number 48, Jimmy Johnson, back then at that yeah. time, winning almost every Sunday. And I just, <laughs> from there, I got hooked, and he was my diehard guy. So, yeah. I don't know. I just, ever since then, it just stuck with me. I even, like I said, just watched the races past Sunday. So, we off in the playoffs, and and. It, I don't know. It's just yeah. something that always was stuck with me. And you met Jimmy Johnson, right? Like, yeah, you talk yeah, about him yeah. being one of your guys. You got yeah. to meet him. Talk about that. And, like, you're an NFL star, yeah, right? Yeah, you're a big, yeah. you're a first-round pick. Yeah, yeah. But you have your own favorite yeah, athletes, man. Right. Talk about meeting him. Yeah, that was definitely a surreal <laughs> feeling. Because it, it honestly was kind of everything I expected it to be. He was a real down-to-earth guy. He was also giving little pointers and stuff like that about going into my rookie season yeah. and knowing it was going to be ups and downs. And, um it was just, it was like I said before, it was it, all of it was just a blessing and just enjoyment for me to take it all in. And um, it's cool to know that, like, even to this day, like, I could pick up the phone and call him or just shoot him a text and let him know, like, hey, how you doing? Or, you know, just, it was a blessing. That's fire. And yeah. I don't think a lot of people realize, like, the parallels between a sport like NASCAR yeah. and a sport like football. You said Jimmy gave you some pointers, some cues. What are those parallels where you see, like, yo, I respect this in NASCAR and I use this on the field on game day? Well, I mean, like, for example, I'm a defensive guy. Yeah. And you got to trust the man next to you. You got to have all 11 guys to the ball. Well, in NASCAR, it takes the whole team. You got to make sure that you're precise on the pit stop because the quicker you get him out, the quicker he can get back onto the track to do what he needs to do. So wow. it's simple things like that that, you know, it has its different parallels where, you know, everybody got to be on point with whatever they're supposed to do to get the job done. Well, whatever it is that you're doing, man, keep doing it because, man, you have looked very impressive this season, especially we talk about your interception Let's talk about this defense a little bit. Now we're three and three. We got that win. Do you feel this defense is starting to come into their own? Absolutely. I mean, 
it's, it was one of those things for us where, like I said before, backs against the wall. We never going to fold at the end of the day. We're not going to really worry about what the outside people got to say about what we got going on in our locker room. And uh, we just going to always play to our standard at the end of the day, continue to play fast, fly around, and make whatever plays we need to make. And these coach, this coaching staff particularly has spoke very highly of you. They're behind you quite a lot. What is it like playing for this coaching staff and this defense, especially Coach Del Rio? I saw him out there after your guys' meeting. Yeah. What has it been like playing and learning from these guys? Uh, nothing short of a blessing. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's really good having guys that played in your position where you can go back and ask them what do they see on this particular play or if it's something that I'm struggling on. Like, you know what I'm saying? Just yeah. asking them yeah. different things that I can try to get myself one step ahead of the game on. So it's really beneficial as well. So, like, just going forward, I'm just going to always take heed to what they're saying. Yeah, and then last question for you. Well, second to last question. You got the interception. That's that's your hometown stadium, right? Oh, I mean, yeah. that's your hometown stadium. Yeah. You make a play like that mm. in front of your hometown. What did it feel? I mean, yeah, it wasn't for the Falcons. It was yeah. against them. Yeah. But how did it feel to do that? Back home. Uh, it was pretty great, man. Just because back then it was the Georgia Dome at the time. And I yeah. always used to say, like, when I did go to Atlanta, that I wanted to play in there. But to grow up and actually yeah. play like that in there was honestly a weight lifted off my shoulders because I wanted to get an interception. But I didn't expect it to actually happen in that particular state. So, yeah, yeah it was pretty cool. Man. That was dope, man. Yeah. Well, we're glad you're making those interceptions for us, man. We're glad you're a commander <laughs> and not somewhere yeah, else. Yeah. I need you to do one more thing for me, man. What's up? That's your ISO camera right there. I need you to look into that camera right there. And I need you to tell commander fans that aren't familiar with your game, who is Jamin Davis? Jamin Davis is an absolute dog. I'm going to fly around and make whatever plays I can while I'm here. And I'm going to always take heave to everything that you guys want me to be. Well, Jamie, man, we appreciate you sitting here with us, man. We thank you for taking your time. We know you're busy. We know you're working hard. Yeah. Commanders family, this is Brian Cooper Jr. with the Next Man Up podcast. I'm here with your starting linebacker, Jamie Davis. Jamie, thank you for your time, brothers, man. Appreciate thank you. Love Podcast, where we have a lot more for you on the Commanders Podcast Network. That's right, we got a whole network. It's the Command Center Podcast, the Players Club Podcast, the Get Loud Podcast, and of course, the Next Man Up Podcast. But this week, we have something extra special for you. That's right, I'll be on the road with B. Mitch and Santana Moss behind enemy lines out in the Big Apple, giving you everything you need to know before our Week 7 matchup against the New York Giants. That'll be a Saturday special New York edition. Stay tuned for that. We cannot wait to be out in New York with you all.